This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Of course, we are in draft season now. It is the Combine. It's in Indianapolis. So to talk about it, we welcome in Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports NFL draft writer at Chris Trapasso on Twitter. Chris, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me on. Chris, I'm smelling, I'm smelling something bad. I'm smelling some BS here because I got questions. Arizona's sitting in number one. I keep hearing about Kyler Murray possibly going at number one, and the reason I'm smelling some BS is if all this is possible, how does Steve Kime still have a job where he was the guy who hired and fired Steve Wilkes, he's the guy who drafted Josh Rosen 10th overall, they have Cliff Kingsbury in here, they're basically giving Cliff Kingsbury a ton of power if that's the case, and they're just going to take Kyler Murray, a bit of an unorthodox quarterback at number one overall. I feel maybe they're creating a market for the number one overall pick. Tell me that there might be fire with this smoke about Kyler Murray. Yeah, um, a lot of what you just said is a lot of the buzz here in Indianapolis at the Combine. That is this really true? Why would the Cardinals come out and be so forward about this? They have the first pick. They wouldn't necessarily have to kind of drum up all this talk about Kyler Murray. They could just pick him number one. And I think with Steve Kine, that's a great point that a lot of people are asking how he still has a job and how he seems to have, you know, a lot of power to kind of go the unorthodox route with Cliff Kingsbury and potentially Kyler Murray. Um, this is a team that's in a rebuilding stage. I mean, Josh Rosen had a bad rookie season last year, but the roster around him, the offensive line, the defense has kind of um, fallen off from where it was when they were going to the playoffs. They need receivers. Um, so I think they could be kind of drumming up some uh, – trade-up situation where they could get a huge haul for some of these teams picking in from about pick number six to the middle of the draft to come up and get Kyler Murray. I, I will say that at this point, we're still relatively early in the pre-draft process. It seems like with the weigh-in two days ago, Kyler Murray is the odds-on favorite to go number one overall. Tomorrow, Nick Bosch is going to be on the field. I think if he has a great workout, It'll kind of go back to him getting some momentum. Um, but, yes, there's definitely some smoke here um, because it, it just doesn't really add up why the Cardinals would be, you know, so forward about not liking Josh Rosen anymore after one season and really falling in love with Kyler Murray. Chris Trapasso joining us on the show, CBS Sports NFL draft writer. Does it bother any of the teams that we're hearing Kyler Murray isn't throwing this week? No, I don't think so. Not that anyone that I've talked to or, or – just even anyone in the media, not a big deal because most of the time, and Sam Darnold was the only quarterback who didn't throw last year, he still went number three overall. Most of the time when the quarterbacks are near the top of the draft and not just the first quarterback pick, but potentially the number one overall selection, um, sometimes they just don't want to throw. And I don't think that's a huge deal. He's going to have his pro day where he's going to complete pretty much every pass. It seems like there's a school of thought with most trainers and most agents not all of them, but that, hey, get back to your school, get with your, uh, um, get back with your trainer and um, script that pro day and look better closer to the draft than throwing here at the combine where you're not throwing to receivers you know, 
Um, there could be some subtleties in the route. They could drop some passes. Um, it's just not the best environment. So I, I don't hate it for Kyler Murray, and I certainly understand it. Does it help a guy's stock if he elects to pass? Like Baker Mayfield, who was famous last year, he's going to throw in the combine. Oh, we got to see Baker Mayfield throw. Does it help that much? Uh, I think it can help. Um, and I think when there's, when there's agents or trainers who tell these top quarterback prospects, oh, don't throw, you don't want to look bad, I don't really think any front office, any general manager, any scouting department is going to knock a quarterback if a few of the balls hit the turf here in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, if you have a bigger arm, which Kyler Murray, you could say, being only five foot ten, he has a pretty good arm. Does he have a great arm? I don't know about that. So it's usually really good for someone like Cam Newton, who threw back in uh, 2011. Guys have bigger arms that can really air it out. Josh Allen threw last year, went number seven overall. Um, it, it seems like some agents and some trainers are just a little sensitive and think that if a few if a few passes hit the turf. Um, then a quarterback stock is going to drop. But I don't really think that's the case. It's March 2nd, and I feel like having some fun. If you're Dave Gettleman, are you trading up to make sure you can get Dwayne Haskins? I think so. I don't know if, if Dave Gettleman will do that. They seem so stuck on Eli Manning um, and a lot of old-school thinking that, you know, with going all the way back to last year to, to pick Saquon Barkley number two overall, they get, you know, the NFL Rookie of the Year on offense, but was there great value there? No. I mean, Saquon Barkley's probably a generational back, um, but they didn't get great value there, and I think they truly believe that organization loves Eli Manning and they want to build around him. Should they take um, Haskins? I absolutely think so, because it's only one year as a starter at Ohio State. He would be in a perfect situation to sit for a season, learn um, the complexities of an NFL playbook, kind of acclimate himself to the speed of NFL defenses in practice, or if he played later in the season, it would be a great situation. Do I think the Giants are going to do that? Not necessarily. Chris Trapasso joining us on the show, CBS Sports NFL Draft Writer. So you just mentioned the term old school thinking. Is that a bad thing to you for Dave Gettleman? It's so weird because he helped – with the Giants organization about a decade ago when they were winning the Super Bowls, and he did a good job in Carolina, got them to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that with the way that the NFL is evolving, that we're seeing quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield, like Jared Goff, like Patrick Mahomes, that coming from that wide-open Big 12 um, you know, air raid offenses where they're never under center, they're throwing to four and five wide receivers on every play. They're pushing the ball down the field, a lot of screens. That used to be toxic. If you were an air raid quarterback, no one wanted to pick you, and, or if they did pick you early, you were going to bust. It's kind of becoming the new age West Coast offense where every team has some type of concepts in that way. So I think you need to be evolving to stay up with the L.A. Rams, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and I just don't know if Dave Gettleman – which he's been a great evaluator for decades. I just don't know, at least based on what he's been saying to the media, maybe he's just giving us you know, not exactly what he wants to do. But I haven't really heard much from him um, that looks like he's progressing forward into the, like, the next age of the NFL, especially on offense. What is the most worthless drill at the combine? Huh, and for what position? Bench press? Bench press? Uh, Probably the bench press because, and it was funny, yesterday with the offensive lineman on the bench, or actually two days ago now, 
Um, you know, some guys that when you watch them on film, they're not that strong. They get pushed back into the quarterback a lot. Ended up doing a lot of bench press reps. And people were like, oh, hey, look, this guy's strong. A lot of uh, what goes on, especially in the trenches, is about the lower half of the body. You've got to be really strong in your legs, in your hips, in your midsection. It's not necessarily, you know, how many times you can rep on the bench press. And I think maybe for offensive linemen, maybe for quarterbacks even, that drill to me I don't really think translates very much to the NFL level. Why do punters run the 40-yard dash? <sighs> for the one time uh, in their career that they might run a fake punt maybe? I I really don't know. I just think that... Would you, would you draft somebody based on their 40 if they could? Well, like, oh, we could run some fake punts with this guy. No, definitely not. I think the NFL just realizes that punters are people too and they want to give them the full experience here in Indianapolis. <laughs> so it's basically like the fat man relay at a track meet in high school. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> Chris Trapasso joining us on the show. What's the deepest positional group in this draft? Um, one of two spots, um, edge rusher or uh, wide receiver. And we're seeing the wide receivers test today. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, this big rebounder from Stanford, had a 43-and-a-half-inch vertical. And that definitely translates to game, to the field, in the red zone. There are so many big wide receivers um, and there's so many good, polished, really talented edge rushers in this class. Is there a group you would stay away from? I don't really like the off-ball linebacker class. Uh, there's a couple guys at the top, Devin White and Devin Bush from LSU and Michigan. They're in the you know modern-day linebacker mold that they're slow, smaller, really athletic. After that, there's a pretty huge drop-off. Um, and I don't know if teams are going to be able to get starters like they normally do at that position in the second or third round this year. Uh, not a great class at the linebacker spot. Who stock rose the most this weekend yet already? I mean, I think Kyler Murray, honestly. I mean, it was really for as, as you know, inconsequential seemingly it was for him to just measure in. Almost everyone I talked to thought he was going to be well under 5'10". A few people I talked to thought he was going to be 5'8 and change and that he was going to have a really, really tiny hand, like under nine inches or lower eights. To have nine-and-a-half-inch hand is normal NFL quarterback size, and to mm-hmm. be over 5'10 and over 200 pounds was big for him. Does it matter to have big hands? Because it does seem to be that most quarterbacks who are pretty accurate do have big hands. It, I, I, I try to fight that, but it seems to go, this is going to be a bad pun, Chris, hand-in-hand. Hand. Oh, my <laughs> God, that you got to have big hands to be a good quarterback. Um, I think teams worry about it because there's only really, I mean, recently been two quarterbacks who've had varying levels of success at the NFL level that have hands under nine inches, Mike Vick and Tony Romo. And the rest, you know, there aren't any quarterbacks who have been good that have small hands. I think not only about accuracy, but it's when, you know, it's windy, when it's rainy, when they get hit, can they hold onto the football and not uh, fumble when they're sacked? I think... It's not obviously what makes a quarterback good, but you probably need hands above nine inches to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Who is the sleeper quarterback in this draft? Two guys. I'll be quick. Tyree Jackson is your big Josh Allen type. He was the biggest quarterback ever at the Combine yesterday. 6'7", 245 pounds, well over 10-inch hands. Kind of a project, but you know has all the tools. And then Brett Rippon from Boise State is the polar opposite. He's smaller but he stays inside the pocket. He can get through his reads. 
really quickly. Not a big arm, but knows how to find his receivers who are open and very accurate. Teams that value that over the physical tools can get a really experienced, polished pocket passer in Brett Rippon from uh, Boise State. Chris, you're beautiful. Thank you for the time, my friend. All the very best to you. Hopefully we'll talk to you again before the draft. All right, guys, anytime. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.